Well, I was trying to press the video clip and apparently it's not working. Let's try one more time. Nope. Nope. Right. StreamYard does not want to play our intro right now. What a way to go out, but hello everyone. Welcome to Splash Play, uh, where even the StreamYard software doesn't want to do the show today after the Super Bowl hangover. We're going to talk a Super Bowl recap today. We're also going to reveal the winner of our big prop bet contest. A lot of you guys showed up for that one, so we're appreciative for all you playing that. We'll give you guys a winner in a little bit. We're going to have a little live on-show off-season planning meeting here, so we're going to let you guys into the process to talk about what we're going to be doing here on the Splash Play channel. Maybe some more on Peach Channel too, but we'll figure that out. I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by a man who I'm sure is relieved to be done with the countless hours of football <laughs> he's had to put in for the last six months of our lives. Peter Overzet, how are you doing, Pete? I'm doing good, man. I did feel, I was talking to my wife this morning, I was like, I do feel like this weird sense of relief, like we can finally, you know, put a bow on this season and though in a lot of ways I'm grateful, right? Because we remember back into the summer, there was legitimate doubts of whether we were going to get a full season. And there were a lot of naysayers. A lot of people thought there's no way they're going to do it. I did always feel like the NFL was going to railroad this on through, which they did, but I am still pleasantly surprised that we got a full proper season. Yeah, kind of uh, definitely a little bit of the arrogance of Roger Goodell that we've all come to know and love or or hate, I guess, for the most part. But I'm, I'm with you. I think for me, the one thing throughout this entire pandemic that especially in the beginning part that I was looking forward to when all the sports came down, I was just like, hey, we just need to get to NFL, get to NFL, we'll be OK, get through, you know, get those games in. And uh, it was a fun NFL season doing this show. I think profitability wise, um, I figured out some things in the last couple of weeks, of the NFL season that I wish I had learned in week one. But Pete, how was your final? Super Bowl showdown weekend or whatever bets you place. What was your final run here after I think you said before your hottest DFS and fantasy season of the year or of your of your lifetime rather. Sorry, I am a little triggered that please never use the words this show and profitability in the same sentence. Um <laughs> yeah, no, my my final showdown uh chariot ride went horribly. I think I got like a fifth of my money back. Uh I did I was playing like the lottos, you know, the $3.20 max with 500,000 people in it. And I had a ton of Tanner Hudson uh, just as a guy to get myself unique. And having that touchdown go through his hands, I was like, I would have had some legitimate sweats if Tanner Hudson catches that one. But uh, no, the dream died. I had a very shitty Super Bowl showdown. How about you? Uh, I had enough Gronk captain that was helpful. The one thing that screwed me at the end, which kept me from having it be a really big day, was that Patrick Mahomes got outscored by Tyree Kill. And it was funny because my best lineup in the, the million-dollar contest was one that had uh, Mahomes and Tyreek. And I'm like, wow, this game script is not working perfectly because I have Gronk captain. I think I had Brown. I had like basically all the guys who needed their uh, – didn't have Brady. That was the one part. So I just needed Mahomes to outscore Brady and I think Hill to outscore Brady, and it would have been fine. And then instead, uh, it just ends up going the other way in classic DFS fashion. But still had a nice day overall, a, a profitable week to close out the year. And I feel like that's all you can ask for. But felt good about the Gronk call. He was one I did an awesome stream. And I was like, he's my pick for 100 yards and a touchdown as the other guys picked Kelsey and Hill. And I feel like Gronk, we could start talking recap here. Out of all the guys in that game, I know Tom Brady's going to get all the headlines. But Gronk putting it down in a major way after a very quiet playoffs, I feel like he made the biggest statement out of everybody where um, going against another top tight end who happens to be the same age, but has looked on as, you know, maybe being the guy who's better than him now. I feel like Gronk really reminded everybody that he is still an alpha dog amongst tight ends when he's actually getting the volume. Yeah, I know. And that was like 
classic Gronk to, you know, going through the seam, you know, breaking away from people where he, every step he seems to get faster and faster, even though he's this big lumbering guy. So yeah, it, you know, looking back, it just felt inevitable that of course, Brady and Gronk would win another Super Bowl. Of course they would look awesome. Um, yeah, I was rooting for the chiefs. My money and my wallet were rooting for the chiefs and, uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. You just can't bet against Tom Brady, apparently. On a scale of 1 to 10, let's kind of go high level here to start talking this recap. And if you're watching live, hit that like button. If you're watching after the fact, too, do that. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, too, throw us five stars mm -hmm. and a review because we're going to keep going throughout the offseason. going to do some different fun things that we talked about. Uh, we'll do a planning meeting later in the show. But um, I feel like the overview here for me, and I'm going to ask you this question, too. 1 out of 10, what would be the surprise level for you with the Bucks picking up this win? Because going through our prop bet sheet, a lot of people might just been the value on taking the Bucks and that with how we did it with the 1, 3, and 10 pointers we do for our ride or die picks but a lot of people pick the bucks and i know a lot of the money line money was coming in on the bucks and i felt like for me this was chiefs ride or die or chiefs you know do or die for the most part and you know the line play i think was really the big part i didn't account for so for me i feel like this is an eight in terms of surprise that they not only would lose but also get completely beaten down like that yeah i would say i'm right there at at eight or nine which based on that scale uh you know, the, the books having a, them as only three point favorites, that would be like, you know, I don't know, uh, the surprise factor would be like a six or something based on that. So it did feel surprising. And I think I was thinking about this and partly, you know, last year there was the narrative coming into the Super Bowl that the 49ers were this dominant defense and there was real sentiment out there that they could slow down the Chiefs. And there was a lot of sharp money coming in on the 49ers late last year in this then this year it was like, no, we've all learned our lesson. The Chiefs offense is too good. A good offense trumps a good defense. And the Chiefs are going to roll here. And I feel like we all collectively kind of bought into that. And uh, like you said, I think the offensive line play ended up just being massive. I mean, I think you can point to lots of things. But when Mahomes was pressured the most ever, a QB's been pressured in Super Bowl history. When you have him, I saw the next-gen stats. He scrambled for almost 475 yards um, just laterally and stuff after the ball was snapped. I mean, just an absurd lack of offensive line play. I, I feel like you can attribute almost everything to them being down to offensive linemen. Yeah, I think that's actually funny that you brought that up because that's something I have on my, I liked a couple tweets last night that I thought were interesting. And one that I did like was the next gen stats. And you actually are underselling it a little. He traveled 497 yards 97. before throwing the ball or being sacked. That's the most scramble yards in a game by any QB in the next gen stats era, which I think it's funny they're calling it. They say the NGS era, which uh, nobody is calling it that, but that means since 2016. And then also one other stat too, he struggled throwing outside the tackle box, completed just four of 15 passes for 28 yards and two interceptions. He generated negative 16.9 estimated points added on dropbacks and outside the tackle box more than double his previous career low, which is minus six. So, um, just everything went poorly for him. And I think this is something that, uh, you know, I think week to week, we often talk about, hey, you got to look the other way. You have to trust the data, trust the numbers and all that. For the Super Bowl, I think it was one of those things where you just look at it on pure logic basis. The Bucs send a lot of pressure. They had high, one of the highest blitz rates in the league. They also got pressure at about a 25% clip. When you account for missing two players on that offensive line, like it should have been, I think, a little more obvious or at least a little more intriguing to go to the Bucs just here, assuming that Mahomes would have a tough time. But I think we just believe in Mahomes so much, so blindly that he can get anything done in any situation. And he did as much as he could. And I feel like, you know, those plays you'll see over and over again on Twitter for the next day of him just running around, basically doing like a tech 
Tecmo Bowl thing where guys are playing with Bo Jackson running backwards and trying to get up the field still. And I feel like that's what Mahomes was, but even he has limitations. And when you're just getting hit over and over again, especially with a bad toe, at a certain point, the luck just runs out. Yeah, and there are, like you said, there's things that make you think that they could overcome it. One, they've designed their offense with Kelsey and Hill to do these quick hitters, get the ball out quickly, just get these you know little chunks of yardage. Not that dissimilar to what the Patriots used to do with Brady, where they just get the ball out quick. Even if teams send the blitz, they're good enough to make those reads. And then Mahomes is a Houdini himself. He's making these throws. Even last night, I mean, some of the throws he was making while getting clobbered, while running for his life, are miraculous basically that he was even able to do it so it did seem like he could transcend some of those things but last night was just the perfect storm um with a good defense and poor offensive line play really coinciding and it, it just he, he didn't have enough the drops too were something that and i think this is the part of, of the show where you know it's hard to sort of talk about this without coming off like you're uh, speaking ill of tom brady obviously it's amazing what he's done winning another super bowl winning the seventh one more more than any nfl franchise has ever won as some uh, pats fans have gleefully pointed out as they try to make this tom brady victory about them and that's something that uh, we can go to in a second because i i hate it so much i hate it more than anything but i feel like you can kind of nickel and dime this win for tom brady a little bit because a the defense got it going and being Mahomes hit what three guys in a face mask throughout this game. And then <laughs> yeah. Kelsey had a drop. Hill had a drop. Hardman had a drop uh, just like over and over again. It kept happening to him. And I just feel bad because it kind of reminded me of that game a couple years ago where uh, the chiefs played the Patriots and then Mahomes didn't get the ball in overtime. Brady wins like Brady wins, but I feel like he wins by like a TKO where like the guy could have kept fighting. And instead it's just like, ah, uh, you just, you know, you're just, it is what it is. Tom Brady wins. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It just seems inevitable. You know, it's like one of those things you look back on and it's like, yeah, of course, Tom Brady wins, you know, his seventh Super Bowl. I, it still blows my mind that the this Tom Brady stat that blows my mind the most is that he's won a Super Bowl in three different decades. I mean, that is just absurd. The, the best actually betting proposition I ever had was our best betting situation I ever had was uh, I was a senior in high school and this is going to age me, but uh, me and Tom Brady both. I was a senior in high school during that first Patriots run where they won the Super Bowl to Tom Brady ended up taking over for Drew Bledsoe, had that hot run. And I picked every game in that playoffs correctly, though, you know, I was in high school, wasn't betting spreads, but picked the entire playoffs correctly. And that's the best I've ever done with anything because nobody was buying in the Patriots. And I feel like I was there very early and I've really profited very little over their off of their success in the last uh ensuing few years reminds me a lot of bill simmons correctly predicting <laughs> this super bowl uh run just perfectly so you guys have a lot in common i, I look i would wish that we could share our bank accounts share <laughs> yeah, 12 different houses in la i would gladly take one or two of them if it meant uh, that me i have to tout these terrible picks from years ago but um tom brady i think one thing we should hit on real fast and i think we can segue over to the tom talk a, as Pete mentioned, it's amazing what he did here, winning the seventh Super Bowl out of 10 chances. The only guys that have beat him are Nick Foles and Eli Manning. And um, I, that, to me, is sort of the ultimate variance of football that we saw yesterday where Mahomes comes down. And we've seen it in the past with Brady losing to those guys. And it, it's such an odd little, I think, wrinkle in his history that like Tom Brady has beaten all these guys. There's a, a tweet here from a guy, Alan Bell, over at CBS Sportline, a sports line who's 
been doing this for a while. Uh, you want a Tom Brady stat? Here's one for you. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Kurt Warner all could have joined Tom Brady to win two Super Bowls in their first four seasons, but Brady defeated every one of them in their second Super Bowl. Like, that's such a weird, like, both sides of that, where you have, he's lost to Foles, he's lost to Manning twice, but he's also beaten every guy in his class, guys younger than him, any kind of competitor to the throne. And it's sort of, it's very Game of Thronesy for Tom, where you have the one side, and then you, uh, it's are we actually a little more like Omar from The Wire, just getting shot by a kid. It's like he loses to Foles, he loses to Eli Manning, but he beats all these other guys. And just one of the most unique careers I think you can imagine, and most unique outcomes of a guy in 10 Super Bowls. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like he'll go down as the greatest quarterback ever. And yet some of his losses look like they're from a blooper reel of like the people he lost and the David Tyree catch and all of that stuff. It is a, a very interesting uh, juxtaposition, although history is ultimately going to look very uh, kindly onto him. And I don't think people will, will give him too much grief for the Eli and Foles mishaps. And then also one thing with Tom Brady, which I just thought was interesting because it was very chippy with Brady and, and the honey badger Teron Matthew during that game at an ESPN. One of their top headlines of the day is that he texted to apologize. And then I, ESPN was read the contents of the text out loud. I guess Tom Brady, somebody in the, the Brady camp trying to make him look like less of a dickhead. Uh, but uh, Matthew was not happy, said he'd never seen that side of him. Brady then texted to apologize. Uh, I guess heralded his leadership, called him the ultimate competitor was the exact quote in his apology text. And I think it's really easy to be this diplomatic when you win and like he you, the happiness on Tom Brady's face like I thought it was one of those moves but also like classic Tom PR here where he has to get ahead of it and point out that oh no I made nice with Matthew even if he tweets really <laughs> angry things it just reminded me of a funny conversation I was having with Lauren during the game because I told her the story about how Giselle moved out of the house for the past 12 days uh, leading up to the Super Bowl to like let him focus and she thought that was absurd and then they were celebrating the Super Bowl and he was on the podium with his kids and Giselle wasn't around and we hadn't seen like the other footage of Giselle being there but Lauren was like something's going on something's going on she she left the house for 12 days and now he's not up on the podium with him so she was sure that the Brady marriage was falling apart in real time there but apparently they're fine yeah, the, um, the kids were happy too. The little girl the holding a trophy, rubbing her grubby kid mitts all over the Lombardi <laughs> trophy. And she got it before Brady's teammates, which I think kind of says it all about where Tom Brady is at this point. Yeah. those kids really get, uh, they could get away with murder. Uh, when dad wins the super bowl, that's, uh, the world is their oyster. Yeah. And then on the upside, they get made up, made out with by him <laughs> in weird documentaries about Tom Brady. So uh, that's that's the other part of being a Brady child. You get to touch trophies, but you also get incredibly embarrassing things that will be hold over your head for the entirety of your adult life. Um, any sort of overall thoughts on Brady's legacy? Because I feel like this is the one thing that people have to talk about. You've seen the comparisons with with Bill Russell, people being like, oh, he's not the best team winner ever. And I think comparing uh, Brady to Russell, like Bill Russell, a very important player over the course of history, you know, one of the first real socially aware guys, all that in basketball. But to compare a guy in the 2000s doing it over this, you know, three decades of winning Super Bowls to a guy in the 60s, I just feel like it's not fair. Like we have to break these up by decades at a certain point. And the longer the world goes on, we're going to have these comparisons where I think what Brady's doing is amazing, but like he and Russell, I think they shouldn't even be mentioned like, oh, one's better than the other. It's completely different things to me. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I'm not like a, a football historian, so I don't have super strong takes on this. I mean, my one legacy take is I, I grew up a Broncos fan. John Elway won those back-to-back Super Bowls uh, with the Broncos and then retired on top. And I always thought that was so damn cool because I was also growing up in a time where you watch Michael Jordan, he retired and come back and have these bad seasons, come back again with the Wizards, all this stuff. And it like in a way it feels like it kind of tarnishes it. And I'm sitting here like, this is the ultimate mic drop for Brady to win all these years, leave Belichick, go to a new team, immediately win a Super Bowl, And like, it answers every one of those questions of, can he win without Belichick, blah, blah. Obviously he's going to come back. He doesn't know what else to do with himself other than play football. But to me for the legacy retiring now would just be the chef's kiss uh, way to end the career. I did like him though on the podium being like, yeah, we're coming back next year. Like, and honestly, he looked fantastic up there. I think you got to give the guy credit, obviously having all the money in the world, having, you know, all the resources in the world, being married to a uh, multi-billionaire supermodel too, who I'm sure knows all the, the hacks there to look good. But for a guy in his early forties, almost mid forties, looking like that on stage with the smile, like not a crack, not a wrinkle on him. I feel like it really was the ultimate infomercial for whatever he's doing. Uh, unless he's just like, you know, biting fetuses open. <laughs> like with and even then, if you look like Tom Brady and you have the run of success he had, like just I, I just feel like for him, it just the perfect Cinderella story specifically for Tom Brady and only from his perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, it is a good story, but we have seen, you know, with these quarterbacks, um, you know, Peyton Manning specifically comes to mind of when the wheels come off, they come off hard. And I think Brady, it, it's not, it's not if it's just when, and I think it'll probably be as soon as next season where he has a pretty rude wake up call. Um, and so, yeah, part of me is just like, man, this is exactly what you wanted to happen. Obviously if you lose, I get it. Come back. Um, but yeah, I, I think his legacy will take just the slightest hit when he comes back and has a really shitty season. Yeah. I mean, he, there were some throws too that he had. I mean, during the Packers game, I think we saw some of the worst throws he had probably this entire playoff run, but there were a couple of throws he had in this game too, where it just kind of seemed like he didn't have a lot of oomph on them, but still got him where they needed to go, which to me, I think the uh, Peyton Manning comparison on the Broncos is probably the best one where he couldn't even hold the ball at certain points and was still sort of getting it where it had to for a while. Um, but I think that's sort of the thing with Brady is that he's going to make it work as much as he can. And you're, when the wheels do fall off, it's going to be bad. And, but for now his teammates love him. Mike Evans willing to take, uh, a pay cut apparently to keep guys in tow and uh <laughs> nick on chat there pete's face with spags makes an incredibly edgy joke I, did i even make any here like i've been no i would say incredibly i mean <laughs> the, the the omar analogy for <laughs> that was the funny thing is i do shows with uh spags and brian hooper brick 75 so that's kind of just my permanent face of like how much am i allowed to laugh at this thing they just said. <laughs> yeah, this, you don't want to submarine Pete's career right now as he's such a top shot influencer that as Will Harris is saying in the YouTube chat, YouTube now suggesting top shot channels and podcasts due solely to your passion for it. It's it's amazing, Pete, how you stumble ass backwards into being a top influencer, a, a TikTok influencer before, now a top shot influencer. Yeah, I know. And then uh, now I feel like I, I feel like I've retired from Top Shots just because I haven't done a Top Shot video for like five days. Like in Top Shot life, it's like I, I, I don't even exist anymore. So one thing, and I feel like this is the big question that I think we have to ask right now that is an angle I haven't seen on Twitter yet. So I'm, I'm treading new ground here. So prepare accordingly. Uh, does Jameis Winston win a Super Bowl with this team? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Cause, okay, because what's Jameis going to have done that would have been different? Would he have thrown three picks in the Packers game? Potentially. Would he have thrown maybe one more interception yesterday? But that was such a defensive force game where 
I look, I don't look, I'm not going to go full, full board. I'm not going to go full Colin Coward and do it for the sake of being contrarian. But I think Jameis could have won a Super Bowl with this team too. So your take right now is that Tom Brady was a system quarterback this year. <laughs> I think that, um, I mean, there would have been some downsides. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have protected the ball as Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't throw that many picks overall relative to a season, but I do think that Jameis, you know, maybe, maybe they have one or two less wins, a couple of Jameis implosion games. And, uh, certainly I guess not a, a 2% interception rate like Brady had this year. I'm just looking at the numbers now. Uh, but I think Jameis, like if you gave him that defense doing this in the spot, let's say it's just a Super Bowl, Could Jameis have won that game yesterday? Are we are we one segment away from you saying Ben DiNucci could have won uh, if he had this defense in this offensive line? I mean, Ben DiNucci, we all know. You give him a plate of meatballs and a good offensive line, he's good to go. <laughs> give him some gabagool and he'll be ready. But Willis is saying in the chat that uh, Winston would have lost the Washington football team. Um, I, I don't... I don't know. I think that he would have had a tough time. He might have thrown some picks there, but I think this defense was good enough and, and also game planned enough against each team that I was really think I think this is more of a Todd Bowles win than anything. And I think that's sort of why I think Jameis could have stepped in and done it. And I, I swear to God, I'm not even doing this to be contrarian. I just think like Tom Brady's great, but also like how different would the world be if Jameis Winston wins the Super Bowl over Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, you. it feels like you're cutting up your audition tape to be on first take here. You're setting the tapes around. You guys, hey, check out this hot take I had on Splash Play, right? How spicy is this? Davis <laughs> Winston would be the greatest of all time if he played with Belichick in New England all these years. That's been a take people have had before, and I don't want to say Tom Brady's a system quarterback. It's it's really more, I think, how I think betting in DFS has shaped my opinions on things where I think that it's such a it's all based upon the scenarios where like if the chiefs have those two linemen yesterday, I think that game goes differently. I don't know if the, if the bucks still win or not, I don't think they win by as much, but I think that's sort of what I view it as. It's like, wow, this, this whole thing, this whole chief system, this whole run is basically comes down to, Oh, these guys were out and now it's going to reflect on everything else. The chiefs have done this year, even though they went 15 and one, even though they were fantastic throughout the year, even though they were coming off a super bowl last year. And I think that's more, it to me is like, the circumstances define so much. And I think Jameis circumstance wise could have been right there with Tom Brady. His kids would have been touching the trophy. He would have had some delicious crab legs would have made some fun jokes on the podium. We would have all loved it. All right. When people uh, clip this up and try to spread this take around, I just want to uh, separate myself from this. This is a spags take. This is not a splash play pod take. He does not speak for the both of us. Jameis would have also been a showdown <laughs> captain in that one. Tom Brady couldn't even get there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that punk um the rest of it though i feel like the main point though tom brady fantastic and i think now is probably a good time we can go through the prop bet results here because i figured out how to do this today I felt actually very proud of myself for determining the process and i'll say uh, right now pete that just so you're aware you did in fact win between us two for the super bowl prop bets i finished fourth from the bottom though admittedly i didn't revise my picks after our show i did my first test one and i just kept it in because i was lazy and forgot to do it <laughs> And you finished, uh, let me see where you are. You finished uh, just shy of top 10. You finished top 18. So uh, a, a good job by you relative to my terrible half-assed effort. That was my only goal is to beat you. Uh, let people know how many people in total submitted. So we got 50 people in here, which, you know, for us, we didn't want to promote it a bunch. And, and Pete, I'll actually let you give the logic here because I think it is it does show, you know, sort of your character with how you care about community building. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we were, uh, I said that, uh, I wanted it to be for the people who actually watch the show as opposed to everyone circle it, you know, circulating it and then just have these guys that we're tracking down on Twitter <laughs> that have never watched the show and we're sending them all this stuff. So, um, yeah, maybe uh, did did a name you recognize win here? 
No, so nobody that I recognize, though, we'll see here. I'll, let's go through all the picks here, then we'll announce yeah. the winner at the end. So uh, you're you're all on the hunt right now. And actually, a couple of our regulars that I recognize some names here that were close to the top but didn't win. But the first prop up that we had, and this is one that uh, that we had on the Friday show where, where Gretchen also – um, and Pat were really pointing out that we had a terrible prop already based on the information that was out. And it turned out it was correct. The over 210 hit for the national anthem ended up being two minutes, 16 seconds. They also had the fake anthem before it too, which went crazy long too. I don't know what the deal was with that, uh, but a 10 pointer right away for that one. And Pete, I don't know if, if you guessed that right or not. You did, you got it right here. So you got 10 points right away for the anthem. Yeah, that one, I mean, once we have the guy who is, uh, you know, standing outside Raymond James Stadium timing it, uh, that one became uh, pretty efficient. So, yeah, that one makes sense. We got a couple zeros, too, from people on that one. So, um, you know, that's that's the tough nature of the game here of the ride or die picks. But it was, in fact, a very clear over there for the 10 points. Who will win the game was one that ended up being the Bucks plus 10. But you could have picked Bucks and Chiefs plus 10. We had a lot of Bucks for three pointers here. Uh, but it was, in fact, the 10 pointer that comes through. And I'll spoil it now. The person who ended up winning actually got all 10 pointers, Pete. We had a lot of 10 pointers that hit. Wow. Okay. I was wondering what would end up being the GTO strategy and it ended up being the three pointers. Yeah, it's uh, the 10 pointers were a big one. The three pointer, though, obviously paid off here with the Bucks. First penalty called ended up being nobody got points for this one because the first penalty was an offsides and and us and our, our haphazard putting it together. We only had pass interference, offensive holding, and then a defensive personal foul. Uh, so none of those hit here. That was a zero. Um, how many combined passing yards? This was the one that screwed up everybody here. The 10 pointer was the, the plus EV bet going over 660 yards. And Pete, we fell short of 500 yards that really the biggest disappointing part of this game here that the offense fantasy wise was just not there i know i overall too it wild card weekend was fun and then it just seemed like the scoring just really you know screeched to a halt the west the rest of the playoffs and uh yeah absolute bummer we couldn't get a true shootout game there Next prop up was who scored the first TD, and that was, of course, Rob Gronkowski parlaying his success from the WWE back to the NFL, and that's what we all love to see here. Uh, the field got 10 points there. Gronk was part of the field, so a lot of people picked the field, ended up being the right play, and here's one that kind of surprised me. Like, less than five people picked Tyreek and Kelsey for the one-pointer. Yeah, uh, that that is really interesting. I wonder, I wonder how that... Were we kind of pushing that way on the show? I think so. I mean, I think we said that that was like the obvious one. And I think that we had pushed maybe that the other vets had a little more, a little more juice to them because you're getting to three and 10. But I'm just surprised that a lot of people didn't view that as like, I'll take a layup one pointer here and get different elsewhere. Yeah, um, that is really interesting. Yeah, the field gets 10. The Gatorade color was an interesting one uh, because it ended up being the Bucks winning. It was a blue Gatorade. So this was my, <laughs> I think this is my one 10 pointer was that I did in fact have blue slash purple. And that was another 10 pointer that I believe our winner also hit. Nice. Yeah, I, I think I went with the chalk there and I went with the one pointer. Um, that was one I felt uh, I wasn't going to differentiate on and apparently I should have. This was a tough one. Who had the most combined catches? You had the choices of Tyreek and Kelsey. You had Godwin and Evans as a three-pointer. And it ends up being the field. The field had 19 catches. Kelsey and Tyreek had 17. So, And this is just a tight end wide receiver field, not even including the running backs. Uh, the running backs obviously would have made it even easier, but ends up being a two-catch uh, two win here for the field. Guys like Gronk. Gronk was really the big difference maker in this. If you liked Gronk going in and you knew that, I feel like that was what put people on this. And uh, yeah, a 10-pointer here for the field. Yeah, field uh, a nice, nice bet there. 
Uh, who has more combined carries? CEH and Fournette outtouched Darrell and Rojo 25 to 14. And I, I know that you're going to probably be doing a show with Pat this week, I presume, if you haven't already done one, or I'm sure you've heard from him. Uh, Rojo really uh, getting lapped by Fournette here, <laughs> like in this home stretch where Fournette looked amazing. Fournette, I think, had a viable case for an MVP at the longest touchdown, which we'll talk about next. And, and Rojo looked okay, but clearly no Lenny Fournette. I did think Rojo looked fine, although not getting into the end zone on that fourth and one was brutal. It seemed like one of those where normally they just kind of leap and it's just a, a gimme and he just got stonewalled there. So, yeah, but when he was touching the ball, I thought he looked like he was running with good bursts and stuff, but Arians just doesn't trust him in pass protection, doesn't want to have him out there in most situations. So, yeah, um, you would think a 31 to nine lead, they would have used him more. But yeah, Arians does not like Rojo. Hirojo, when he didn't get into that goal line series where he had two carries at the one, I was just like, oh, this was the shot because I ended up with a ton of Rojo because of his his value on the DraftKings showdown slate and didn't work out. And Darrell was really mostly a non-factor, though you would kind of expect that. And did have that one terrible drop after Mahomes evaded 10 guys and threw it right in his face. <laughs> he just couldn't get there. Tough day for the backup running backs or the number two running backs. Next prop up, who will, will be the longest CD? Longest CD went to Uncle Lenny, 27-yard run for him. <laughs> So that was the under 40 yarder and uh, a couple of people got the one pointer, but not a big difference maker there. Just the one pointer. Yeah. I think uh, the one pointer was, was obviously the safe bet there. 75 yards. That's uh that's a pretty tall task there. And then who will win the Super Bowl MVP? This was one that everybody, for the most part, took the chalk. A couple people took the field, but I uh, get one to take the 10-pointer. But QBs will just always win the Super Bowl MVP, especially when you have guys like Mahomes and Brady. That was a one-pointer there. So the winner, the winner ended up with seven more points than everybody else. The winner had 50 points in total, so basically got 10-pointers on half of these props. And that winner, uh, drum roll, and how do we, drum roll, Thomas E. James is our winner. I don't know if you know that name. I don't know if he's a follower of mine or yours or if he's just somebody hunting for uh, weak prop markets and giveaways of top shot cards and Venmos. Uh, but either way, Thomas E. James wins. So um, impressive showing by him. One by seven points. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't recognize. We didn't ask for Twitter handles, did we? No, we just have the email addresses. So we'll email him after the show. Okay. Um, I, I say you make him... You make him email us for a little bit. Let's see how true of a fan. I feel like you should be watching this show and know that you won. We can't just in a silver platter have me come asking you what your top shot username is. All right. So Thomas, email <laughs> us at, at splashplaypod at gmail.com. Um, I'll see that one and make sure that we get in there. And if not, I'll give him, I'll give him 24 hours and then, then we'll email him. But I don't, I feel like he, he won it so handily. I would feel bad just going to somebody else who we like. <laughs> so that's. Wouldn't yeah. you feel so bad if we just shipped this off to someone who's never even seen a second of the show? <laughs> it, would, it would be a bit of a downer, but honestly, if he trumped everybody else we have on our show and then and also beat you by 16, beat me by, uh, where am I? He beat me by like 30-something. <laughs> so I, I feel like I, I he earned it by, by my standards of this. And I this also love that the way we ran the contest, you have to ask him for his... PayPal, his address, and his top shot username. He might as well have him toss in his social security number while he's at it. Yeah, we're going to show up to Thomas's <laughs> house and give him a special greeting, a giant check, and, and also a giant top shot gif of the Steph Curry assist that Pete got for him. Like they used to, was it the big like clearinghouse giveaways that they used to do back in the 90s? It's like me and Spags there. 
and I could break out my Ed McMahon impression. <laughs> it sounds a lot like my Regis Feldman one, I have to admit. My old white guy impressions tend to blur together a little bit. Doing while doing Def Jam. Yes, exactly. Any other Super Bowl thoughts here? We got our winner. We got it out. I feel like we can talk offseason unless there's anything else lingering for you that you want to hit on because it is Super Bowl. There was so much going on. I guess the commercials, they, they, they all kind of sucked. I think the Michael B. Jordan one was the only one that we enjoyed in this house with uh, my girlfriend and one of her friends. And um, besides that, I felt like a real weak Super Bowl crop, but it's a pandemic. So what are you going to do? You know, it, it hurts my feelings when you say that, because honestly, football is fine. But I watched the Super Bowl for the commercials. It's so fucking funny. Some of the shit that these guys come up with. A lot of people are trying to talk during the commercials. And I'm always looking around being like, shh, shh, shh. This is so funny. So for you to say that really hurts my feelings. You're like, wow, the Wayne's World guys, they're back. And boy, Michael Myers has had a lot of, a lot of work done. <laughs> Wayne's been down in that basement just injecting lip fillers and Botox. <laughs> well, that was the weird thing. I was like, there's so much makeup going on. And then I was like, well, how much of this is permanent makeup and how much of this is makeup for this commercial? Yeah, Michael Myers definitely has, has had some done, whereas Dana Carvey aged gracefully. So that's a win for, for Garth, I would say, out of those two. Hang on real quick. Something uh, that is um, very disconcerting to me. Willis says, I just want to know if I beat my wife. First of all, don't say that <laughs> out of context. I sent it to her and told her to do it. And she did it without asking me anything. It, it, do we have kind of like a Jade and Tanner situation here with our Super Bowl contest? I mean, I, I'm a little concerned about Willis, our accountant, trying to skirt the rules. Did we have any, you know, one entry, one household rules? Uh, we didn't. We didn't. You know, we we obviously, as we tend to do on the show, played it pretty fast and loose. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not sure uh, that we have it. I don't know. I would have to know her email address to see. And I'd also, I don't think I have Willis on here either. I would have. So. I would have made her create a top shot account because uh, I wouldn't have sent it to you, Willis. That would that would have broken the terms of service. Yeah, actually, one guy too, one of our regulars who I have to give a shout out to, who I mentioned uh, a couple shows ago, but he watches our show after the fact, and then we'll leave YouTube comments during it. And also tweeted us, I think that he had a bad run in a Super Bowl pool. Uh, yes, yes, man is his name. Uh, he finished number five here and would have been very close to winning this one too. So a double whammy for him. He tweeted us about losing one pool, and now also you don't get our fantastic splash play prizes. There you go. Yes, man. Uh, all right. Thank you for uh, clarifying this, Willis. Uh, she is a listener. She has heard every word we have ever said on the show. And uh, I'm sorry for insinuating that she might not have been the world's biggest splash play fan. Yeah, Willis, if you DM me, I'll tell you if you won or not, because I actually don't know your email address offhand. And I just searched Willis and it's not coming up. So you tell me her email and yours. I could tell you who won. And if anybody's curious about their their points <laughs> output, you can you can ask me, too. I'll tell you. I don't I don't feel like we need to publish these publicly for everybody. <laughs> we hang them up like a cut list in a JV football team. <laughs> yeah, we've all been shamed enough. All right. So off season planning, let's hear some of the ideas I wrote down, Pete. And we've talked about some of these offhand. And we're also curious to chat's thoughts because you guys follow Pete very regularly, a lot of you guys, and you're following his various antics, all the mischief he gets into with top shots and TikToks and and uh yeah, League of Legends. That was another thing. So uh that's an option here. But my ideas that I wrote down, Madden franchise question mark. Pete learns the in and outs of NBA question mark college football scouting offseason free agency slash trade role play to be clear that's not sexy role play I'm envisioning something more like we act like the GMs and figure out what would you want to do with it or just straight up game tape watching these are some of my ideas but Pete what what appeals to you because uh, people may not know this but Pete uh, what I would call a delicate genius <laughs> in some ways where uh, Pete cares about the passion of things but also has often finds uh, angles for everything so what are you feeling what in your heart what would spur your creativity the most here if we we're to do one stream a week here in the offseason uh definitely gonna
to push back on the genius, but I am very delicate. So you did get half of it, right? Um, yeah, I'll, we we got to come up. We got to come up with something. I mean, I'm I'm less interested in the, you know, becoming, you know, watching a bunch of film. Which, by the way, we tried to watch some highlights on ship chasing. Those immediately get flagged by YouTube uh, oh. with takedown notices. So that might be one flaw in that bit. You got to um, reverse them, I think, or make them like a yeah. small screen. Yeah. I just add like a sepia filter onto all of them and just be like, you can't come after us now. But then it feels uh, dramatic and artsy too. So it's a real win-win. I, I, you know, part, something about the Madden franchise is like kind of fun to me. Um, I, I, I do like an idea of something like where we take the concept of dynasty football, um, but apply it to more of like a stock market thing where like we could like Are get we catching a stock market partnership. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yes. I know you love doing uh, stuff for jock market. Um, no, but something like I'm trying to think of a game where we could buy stock, you know, whatever splash play stock in these players, have people join us, compete, see whose stock, you know, because throughout the off season, these guys are constantly gaining and losing value based on all these things. I don't know. We, I, I like the idea of some kind of game. Maybe that is just doing Madden or whatever, but some kind of narrative arc to the off season would be fun. Yeah, I think, you know, tracking things during the off season, this is something actually we could have talked about today, but I, I was going to put it on the sheet and then, and then I just forgot. Uh, the, the 2022 Super Bowl odds, I feel like it's something where uh, those will move a little and maybe that's part of it somehow. And um, <laughs> Eric Belair in the chat saying R slash splash play bets. Yeah, we, I guess we can we can try to screw over the stock market somehow. I don't know if we have enough volume with the, the people who watch the show, but certainly an effort. I think that's it's paid dividends for other people. Yeah, you know, that's uh, splash play. We we take down other podcasts. We rally our community to, you know, take down the BS report. You know, <laughs> that's that's what we do. We short squeeze all of the Mark Marin. We're coming for you this year. What so what would it look like then? So what we I guess if we were to do like a stock market approach on our own, I think it would be taking people's ADPs right now. And then we did a draft of them based on that and then see where they go. I like that. That's how that sounds to me. Also, I feel like you ruled out the NBA one real fast. I'm surprised no. you don't, that, that would increase your top shot profitability, too. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to doing NBA uh, stuff. My thing is. I, I'm I'm definitely interested in following the NBA closer. I just I don't want to do daily NBA fantasy. <laughs> it just seems like so so much work, so stressful, so chaotic. But if there was a way to, I would like I would legitimately like to get more into NBA. And I had uh, a little bit through through Top Shot. Like I'm I'm getting that itch, and I'm excited for the playoffs and all and all that stuff. So yeah, maybe there's something there. Maybe we do some NBA while we figure out what we want to do for NFL. I think the Madden franchise one to me seems easy because we could do that. Like, I mean, I have the Xbox. I think it's just a matter of like, we would have to do a franchise together. Maybe somebody who knows this stuff better. Um, <laughs> Bad home saying you should schedule fights or races between DFS stars and wannabe stars and then create shows. This is a very elaborate thought, but would be appealing given how everybody seems to want to put on boxing matches. <laughs> Wait, this comment as it showed. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you should schedule fights or races, then create. Yes, that is uh, nothing like the promise of a DFS fight as if we will ever see one of those. I wish we had the XFL. Like if we had the XFL, yes. that'd be a perfect like immediate merger in. A hundred percent. I miss that so much. It would be so perfect to have XFL right now for a couple months. It would be the perfect thing. Um, 
yeah, mm -hmm. that's a bummer. All right, so maybe what here's what we I think we should do, guys. You should tweet us at Splash Play Pod or at Peter Overzet at Chris Bags. I think let's put together a bucket of these ideas. We have them now. We're sort of doing the half-ass version, and it will come back next week. Let's say around this time, we'll, we'll shoot for sometime on Monday, maybe or, you know whatever. Follow the follow everything, and we'll tell you when we're going to do it. And then I think we make our official determination. And it could be something we do something for a couple weeks to do something else. But I think we just need to come up with a plan of attack and figure out like what we actually want to do and what seems interesting. And I think you know having you guys involved in the process something we we really do try to do here and i know pete cares a lot about uh with all the community that he's building as well um so i think that to me feels like a good next step so we have like we're not doing a show on friday we'll just go to a one a week schedule for now and we'll figure out something fun to do starting next week oh march madness content is another pitch that's interesting yeah maybe maybe we come up with maybe part of it maybe it's not a specific thing i don't know i'm thinking like maybe we came up with a kind of contest structure for these different events that we could host. So we have our, the splash play March madness pool, but maybe it's not the exact, everyone does March madness pools, but there's other things. Like if we created our own contests around these, these events could be something fun. This, the splash play off season Olympics of just a, yes. a, a fantasy football podcast, trying to fill time and not lose its audience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, to, to win the triple crown. And, uh, you actually have to get the winner of the Kentucky Derby correctly. It could, it could be a grand old time. Uh, so something that I would like to talk about more that I just like because of way the way things work with Osmo and the fact that it's not my primary expertise. I want to play more golf. Like I like PGA DFS a lot, and I feel like I feel like given our audience and given our <laughs> given our whiteness, I feel like doing PGA <laughs> would probably be a logical move to pick up some audience too. Yeah, I, I enjoy golf is way less daunting to me is from a DFS perspective. Like I actually like the rhythm of it. It felt kind of like NFL where you have the one lock and the one build up. Uh, a week and you don't have a ton of late news. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more on board. I also enjoy MMA DFS, which I don't know if you're into that oh, at all. Yeah. I had a lot of success in the beginning of quarantine with MMA and then just, it kind of fell by the wayside as NBA came back and all that. Cause I, I don't have the mental bandwidth to focus on more than one or two sports at a time. I feel like two is my max. Um, but I have a hole right now because of football, like NBA is going to take a ton of time, but I would like mm -hmm. to get back in MMA or PGA. One other idea for content that I think is good and that we could maybe do based on whatever was popular at the time is just doing some like companion streams, like live hang. Like we did a couple on lulls back in the day, like during the MMA things and just bring on a couple people who know the sport well, um, watch everyone's kind of watching the game. And we just shoot the shit for a few hours while watching an event, just doing live stream companion streams, I think is, is always fun too. Yeah, uh, Willis likes tennis. I, I have not, tennis is one that I'm very weak on, but I know people make a lot of money. Tennis and EPL are two that I know I've seen people be very profitable at that I have no awareness of at all. Yeah, uh, I know Brian was talking about he's getting back into playing DFS tennis. Um, I always think about things of, would I get any sweat equity out of it? Like MMA, I get sweat equity, right? Like if things are going well, I throw on the fights towards the end of the night, get to it to enjoy it. Even golf, if you have a good lineup going in, but like tennis, I, I just don't know if I'm going to sweat it. Um, and sometimes I just don't get the enjoyment if I don't actually get a sweat out of it. And that's I'm with you on that too, because, um, the other day I, I mentioned on the show, but I was in the hunt for a, two Fridays in a row for the hundred K on DraftKings. not this past Friday it was, it was fine, but just didn't quite get there. But the two weeks before that, and like I, I mentioned in the chat, cause I was like in our, the awesome premium slack. Cause I was like, Hey, this is crazy. Like, I don't know. I feel like I have a real shot and everybody's like, just go to sleep now, go to sleep. And I'm like, why, like, why am I doing this? If I'm going to go to sleep now, this is what I've been waiting every day for. No, I, when I go to sleep is when 
I had high hopes and then everything was going to shit. Like I went to sleep that wild card weekend when I was winning the GPP and then that Brown Steelers game was picking up. And I was like, mm -hmm. I know I'm dropping and I don't want to sit here and just get, you know, punched in the face for an entire half of football. But no, if you are looking good and things are going in the other direction, that's the, that's the fun sweat. Yeah. I I'm not a, I'm not one who could just turn it off. Like I know a lot of the pros will just like not watch it all, not pay attention. And for me, I, I want to be sweating every minute because the, the highs and lows of it, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a, one of those gamblers where I want to be losing money. I feel like people who just enjoy like, Oh, I could go broke tonight. <laughs> like, I don't want that either, but I do want to, you know, like if I'm doing well, I want to, I want to ride along with my guys. I want to share that special connection with Rudy Gobert when he does do something. All right. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, so let's let's come back next week. Tweet us again at Chris Spags, at Peter Overset, at Splash Play Pond in particular. If you have any ideas about what you'd like to see from us, because it is a collaborative effort, and I think people, uh, especially people who followed Pete for a while, are willing to do whatever content-wise. <laughs> They're willing to trust your guidance, so uh, we're up for anything. Uh, Pete, any plugs for you? What's your content schedule looking like now? Because I, I assume you're not doing as much for RG with uh, the sports changing over. Yeah, I have. I legitimately don't know if we're still doing the cast or not. Um, I my guess is we're done. Uh, I do it often too. I don't know if you want to pay us. <laughs> so I legitimately don't know. I need to find out. Uh, we're going to keep rolling for sure every Wednesday night. Lulz will keep rolling um, on Wednesday nights. Um, but yeah, I, I have like a few random one off shows and stuff I want to do. I'm going to do a DFS uh, show with a tax accountant. Um, really? talk through some of that. So just, just some one-off stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, still probably some top shot. Um, I legitimately like I don't know if you were keeping an eye on it at all, but like over the weekend, um, they had like some other pack drop that went awful and everyone was upset. And I'm just like, it, it like took the fun out of it for me. I'm like, this whole thing is like supposed to be fun and everyone's just pissed off and angry. I'm like, I don't even want to make fucking content about this when everyone's just miserable the whole time. Like this is a fucking hobby. Like everyone relax. So right now I'm kind of have top shot at bay because everyone turned into monsters, but um, maybe some more top shot stuff again, if people mellow the fuck out. Was that the thing where people were like waiting in line and then they got skipped over because the thing broke down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sucks. I mean, that happens a lot with the sneaker drops too. It's just, it's tough to manage that, like that bulk uh, traffic technology where like, even with Osmo site, like where it gets to a certain point of, of size and then you'll have, you know, uh, 10,000 people refreshing a page, trying to get projections. And like that shit craps out very easily. Even when you are like making as much money hand over fist as top shot is. What are, what are, cause I've never, I've never been a part of the sneaker world. How, how do those, those drops work? So it's kind of the same thing where there's like a time and then there are apps too, like the, the sneakers SNKRS app does like a, it'll ping you when there's a drop and then you do the waiting in line thing where you have to hold your place virtually. And then sometimes that craps out because your browser, you know, pauses or whatever dumb shit that happens. So it all just seems very frustrating. That's part of why to me, I'm just like, I just don't, I, I have my process for spending my money, potentially wasting it every day. And that's the thing I stick with. And is the, is the logic behind the shoe stuff, that they are purposefully building in scarcity to drive hype and interest versus just like making a shit ton of them to meet interest. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a little bit of that. And then the, the thing too is like with some of the shoe things is that like re-releases are less valuable. Like I remember I got the re-released uh, the Space Jam Jordans or whatever. And like those were ones that are like were 200 bucks and you can get them pretty easily. But then people in the sneaker community, if you had those ones rather than the original ones, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's not the same at all. And it's, I don't <laughs> care. I just, want, I just want to wear fun shoes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I mean, the same thing happened. I was joking about this with when I posted a photo of a LaVisca Chenault card I bought 
lot and then all the snobs like come after you. It's like, don't people want their hobbies to grow instead of shaming you for buying buying the wrong Space Jam shoes? Don't they just want that to be a gateway drug? So Spags wants to continue to buy shoes and be part of this community and make it bigger and better. People's like people get this weird sense of satisfaction by being condescending to other people just because they know slightly more about something. It's such a weird psychological phenomenon. Well, the gatekeeping, that's what people always call it, which is like the, your, the sports, like hockey is the worst, I think, where um, there was a thing with uh, the uh, Barstool CEO who I used to work for, Erica, um, where she was working with one of the female hockey leagues that had launched. And then because like women's hockey fans, like are, for whatever reason, they're like the most uh, sensitive flower types where like anything the toxic, they, they point out. Out, they get real mad about stuff and it's also because hockey is such a bro sport that i feel like they're they're kind of as a push or a pull the other way where you have to be so woke because you're following the sport where it's just dudes like gang banging girls on the road and doing like all sorts like hockey players i no disrespect they're they seem like a lot of fun i've met enough of them they're throughout my barstool days but like the most degenerates like it's them and like amateur wrestlers in terms of like high school and college who are like the most bro doing garbage things and anyway point being like the hockey women got mad at erica because she like uh defended herself against other people being mean to her and then like immediately were taking her down and it's like this is this woman is your best chance to have this product be seen by a lot of people or at least one of your best chances and it said they just would rather be seen by you know five thousand people at a clip and have nobody care about it and i've never got that logic i want to be seen by everybody and then they can all hate me individually Right. Well, it's the it's like the the bite your nose to spite your face. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll do this small little thing to make myself feel better, even though in the aggregate it's actually hurting my my interest in this thing. Yeah, and then maybe we'll just do nothing, and we'll just we'll hang out, we'll exchange <laughs> stories about hockey bros and the things that I know about people doing disgusting things. Who cares? I just need an avenue to put yeah. it out there and and get a def- defamation lawsuit coming our way. <laughs> Well, of, of all the people out there, you have probably learned I am uh, I'm willing to do shows without a show sheet, which is why I actually give you a lot of credit because you kept us on track uh, this year, which I do want to say thank you to. I was very busy and uh, you handled a lot of the heavy lifting behind the scenes. So I appreciate you uh, doing that this year. Yeah, I hey, look, I appreciate you too. Pete and I had a nice chat the other day after our Friday show where we're both we're committed to figuring out a way to make this show continue to pop. And it's been a lot of fun. I, I told Pete between us, but I'll tell you guys too, it's been a lot of fun for me learning from Pete and figuring out how that bra- that delicate brain of his, <laughs> that smooth brain of yours <laughs> keeps working. But no, like Pete to me is one of the most creative guys that we have in the industry and you know or around the industry and who's willing to do more and get out there. And I think that's uh, the fun we can have with this show. So tweet us your ideas, tweet us any thoughts. And we appreciate all you guys too riding with us this season we had a couple guys tweeting us thanks for doing stuff or leaving youtube comments and uh we appreciate you guys as much as anything helping us put on the show especially the guys who aren't just you know chasing an seo thing searching for waiver wire like all you guys who hung out with us i feel like it's it's been a lot of fun and i feel like we're we're building something here so stick with us and and keep tuning in and and you know keep be be vocal tell people about it tell tell us about it if we're doing shitty shows let us know because uh it's never never impossible here that we'll do some shitty shows uh you could tell spags we're doing shitty shows don't tell me I don't really care. <laughs> uh, all right. So follow at Peter Overs at follow at Chris Bex, follow at Splash Play Pod. We're still following back everyone. And then uh, Pete, let's plan, I guess on Monday, we'll do this around the same time and we'll we'll come up with a real plan here now that we've done our fake coming up with a plan. That's how you stretch out for an off season. You do one episode planning for the plan and then another episode actually planning the plan. Yeah. Then basically, this is going to become like a corporate podcast where you have meetings about the meetings. Yeah. <laughs> a show about a show about a show is what Splash Play is, but we appreciate you guys watching. Subscribe at the notification bell so you know when we go live next. And make sure you give us five stars and review an Apple podcast. Pete, any final words here before we call it quits and go on, go on to lives without football? 
uh, I'm going to try to play the outro song uh, and it might not work. And I'm just really curious to see why it wasn't working before and if it will work now. Fingers crossed. We appreciate you guys. Good luck. See you soon. Thank you.